0: Welcome to the Lost Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Eight years ago, this month, I almost died. Like, I'm talking about like a real life or death moment. My life flashed before my eyes. I was almost dead I was in uh, nowhere Oklahoma I was uh, I was out with the boys back then the boys were Brian Seth Hunter uh, a bunch of these guys that I grew up with we had just got done playing this church camp we were we were in great spirits and so we were at this like Oklahoma State Park and there were these lizards running around everywhere and if you get like a group of guys together something stupid's gonna happen and so we saw these lizards running around and we were like okay bet let's just catch these lizards And so I'm out there trying to catch these lizards. I'm feeling like brother nature himself, right? And so like I'm seeing these lizards running around, and I'm going, and I'm going, and I just dive. Here's here's the thing, though. I'm diving for this lizard. We're at a state park, and here's the detail. There's cliffs. We're on top of a cliff. I, I wasn't paying attention on the cliffs. I was just paying attention to the lizards. I literally dive off of a cliff. And no joke, Matt Cameron is behind me and he just grabs my arm and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, there's a lizard. And he's like, bro, you just dived, like you dove off of the cliff. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I almost died, right? Like my heart was racing so fast. Matt Cameron saved my life. Happy Father's Day to him. Thank you, Matt. Um, but no joke. Uh, he saw me dive, and he saved my life. But here's the, the crazy part. Before Matt Cameron saved my life, I was dead. Biblically speaking, the Bible said that, that I was dead. The, the same is true for every single person in this room. Whether you have dove off of a cliff or not, you were at one point in your dead. You have experienced death, and I'll prove it to you. If you could do me a favor, I'm, I'm going to need a, a little bit of help from you this morning. And so if you're here and you're ready to take some notes, get a paper, get a pen out. If you don't have a paper or pen, you've got my permission. Take your phone out. Get on the notes app. Because together, what I want to do this morning is I just want to write a little bit of a sentence. I want to I wanna write a sentence that if you can write it down, if you can believe this sentence, it'll change your life. And so the sentence starts a little bit like this. If you've got your phone ready, if you've got a piece of paper ready, write down these words. Before Jesus, I was dead. Ephesians 2:1 starts like this, and it says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. You see, one thing that Ephesians 2.1 makes clear is that before Jesus we were dead. Which also means that if you're here this morning and you don't believe in Jesus, then spiritually your condition is dead. And when I say dead, dead means lifeless, useless, ineffective, something without life. When I say dead, I'm talking about the very word that describes a dead body. Like there's nothing of life left in it. It's entirely useless. And now I, I get it, like, mo, most of you in this room, you're, you're looking at me, whether you've got Jesus or not, and you feel pretty alive. Like, if, if, some, if I was, like, if I just switched spots with you real quick, and I was sitting in your seat looking at me, and somebody just got in front of me and were like, yo, by the way, you were dead, I'd be like, okay, you're a little bit crazy, I don't know what you drank this morning, a lot of coffee or something, but you need to go home, right? Like, it sounds a little bit weird, but, but let me show you how this works out spiritually, You ever ask yourself, what's my purpose? Maybe you didn't ask it in in those words, but have you ever had one of those nights? Maybe it was a long night. Maybe it was a morning. I don't know when you had this thought, but you were kind of in your feelings a little bit. And you kind of ask yourself, what's the point? Like, what's the meaning of life? You know what I mean? Like, why am I here? what's What's my purpose? You ever just sat and kind of felt like nothing you do really mattered at all? I don't know if you've ever ever felt that but that I got to be honest with you that before my life in Jesus I, there were a few nights where where I cried myself to sleep because life felt meaningless life felt like it had no purpose because the reality is life without Jesus is dead life without Jesus has no meaning and life without Jesus has no purpose And I'm talking about something much deeper than being able to just take a deep breath and feel alive. You see, what I'm saying is I'm talking about truly living. And friends, you you, you can't truly be alive without Jesus. Sadly, what our world does is our world tells us that the only way to truly be alive, the only way to, to truly experience life is to do the things that made us dead in the first place. And so the idea is, is that if you want to fit in, if you want to live a life that, that matters, if you want to have a, a good life, then then you should drink, you you, you should party, you, you should do these things. If you really want to live, then then have sex before marriage. There's no problem with with just fooling around. Oh, and by the way, if you don't get famous, if people don't know who you are, if you don't make a ton of money, then there's no way you can have a good life. Please know I have a problem with sarcasm, and I'm being sarcastic. The the reality is idolatry, sexual immorality, vanity, greed, these are words that that the Bible uses to describe what, what sin is. Sin leads us back to being dead and being lifeless. I want to talk to the people in the room here real quick that, that don't believe in Jesus. Maybe you're sitting here, you were forced here, maybe your friend brought you here, I don't know how you got here, but you're sitting here and you're like, you know what, I, I don't really believe in, the, in, in Jesus. Here, here's the deal. You can sit here and not believe in Jesus and say, you know what, I, I'm not a bad person. I, I don't really do bad things, right? Right? But, but here's the truth. You can be a good person and still be a dead person. You see, sometimes sin isn't just some crazy lifestyle of drugs and sex and rock and roll and, and this glorified, glamoured lifestyle. Sometimes sin is as simple as living your life all about you. And biblically speaking, if that's your life, I don't care if everyone says, hey, you're you're a good person. You can still be dead. Because biblically speaking, if you are that dead person, you're not in a good spot. You're dead. You are separated from God. And without Jesus, one day you're going to die. And when I say die, I mean like die, die. Like you're dead. Like eternal death. There's no coming back. And you might feel like, hey, I don't need Jesus today. But one day, those sins that you, that you mess around with, those sins that, that kind of make you feel alive, one day, those sins will do what every sin does, and it will lead to your death. Now, if I'm going to talk to the people that don't believe in Jesus, I think it's only fair that I talk to the people that do believe in Jesus too. And so if you're here today and you say, hey, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, I'm all in on that, then I need you to know something else. I want to make a clarification for you. Because when you were dead and Jesus came and he saved you, I've got to let you know that that, that wasn't an isolated event. You see, if you, you can't say, hey, Jesus saved me. Before Jesus, I was a liar. But now I'm not a liar anymore. You see, you're oversimplifying Jesus. D, Jesus didn't come to make you like a, someone who tells the truth, right? Like Jesus didn't just save you from one sin in your life. Understand that before Jesus, as a Christian, you were dead. You were completely dead. Your whole entire way of life was corrupt. You were an enemy of God. You were moving away from God. In fact, before Jesus, you were jumping off a cliff a little bit like me. No, no, no. Jesus didn't just, like, save you from one sin. It wasn't like, oh, I used to be sexually immoral, but now I'm saved. No, no, no. You were dead were dead. Before Jesus, I was dead. Let's continue on with this sentence. You can pull that phone back out, get the piece of paper ready, because I think that these are the two most important words that you might ever write. I love these. Before Jesus, I was dead. Here's your next two words. But God. If you want to look for that in your Bible, it's found in Ephesians 2.4. If I were you, I would circle it. I've got it circled in my Bible, and I got it underlined. I don't ever want to miss these words. But God, if you're taking notes, you write them, write that in all capital, right? Like underline it, do something special with that. But God, emblaze it on your mind. I, I'm not really the guy that's like into tattoos. I don't have any tattoos. I probably never will. But like if I was that guy, like I think I would tattoo these words on myself. They're they're insane. These two words, they changed everything. Ephesians 2 4 says, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us. Here's the idea. You were dead, right? Like if you, you're a Christian in this room, if you're not a Christian, this can be your story. You were dead, but God made you alive because he loved you. Let me show you how these words apply to you personally. If you've ever thought these things about yourself, then, then listen to me right now. Check this out. You ever heard this? You ever thought this? I'm not calling you this, but but hear me. You aren't good enough. But God loves you. You went too far with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. But God loves you. You're a screw up. You messed up. But God loves you. Your parents don't love you. Father's Day is hard. But God loves you. Your friends stabbed you in the back. But God loves you. You see how important these two words are? No matter who you are, you aren't too far gone. You aren't too evil. You aren't too bad. As soon as something bad happens, but God interrupts the whole thing with love. At 14 years old, I was a loser. I got to tell y'all, I was a nerdy kid. I played a lot of video games. I had a lot of acne. Like every single one of y'all could have made fun of me at 14, and I'd be like, yeah, I deserve it, honestly. At 14 years old, I really didn't have too much going on in my life. I had no purpose. I had no meaning. In fact, the only thing I wanted to do at 14 is I wanted to be a rock star. Like, I don't know why, but I was like, yeah, one day I'll get in a band. I'll travel the world. Life will be great. Um, but but my life was completely meaningless to the world. In fact, at 14, I, I think that that if I would have died at the age of 14, that, that there wouldn't really have been too many of people that, that cared. I, I was homeschooled, right? Like, I, I think that if I died, my mom and my dad would have came to my funeral. Like, that would have been maybe it. But God loved me. It changed everything. God loved me even though I had acne. God loved me even though I was a loser. God loved me even though I was immature. God loved me even though at 14 years old I had absolutely nothing to offer back. I was dead, but God loved me and that truth changed me forever. Maybe you're here today and you were never nerdy, Good for you, I was. Maybe you never had acne. Maybe you actually had some some friends in your life. But think of your but God story. A moment in your life where God came and changed everything. If you've experienced that moment in your life, you cherish it, right? Like you say, I was, fill in the blank, I was a loser, I was a failure, I was broken, but God... You can fill in that blank with anything. Ultimately, it's dead, right? I was dead, but God. Let's keep going on with this little sentence that we're creating today. Um, Before Jesus, I was dead. Then you've got the but God, the thing that changes everything. It's circled, it's underlined, it's capitalized. It looks great. Let's keep going with the sentence. Before Jesus, I was dead, but God made me alive. It starts in verse 5. Paul says, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. It's like, sheesh. Like, thankfully, we didn't have to stay dead forever, right? Like, this is where the good news, this is like the but God moment comes, and it made me alive. God's love is so great for us that while we were still dead, He loved us. Ladies, good morning. Let me talk to you real quick. I want to talk to my ladies real quick. I want you to think about that girl. And when I say that girl, I'm talking about the girl you don't like. And the reality is, for some reason, girls always have one girl they don't like for one, for one reason or another, I don't know. Um, but think about that girl, right? So you're thinking about that girl, she's in your mind and you don't like her. Man, you really don't like her. You don't like her at all. <laughs> but you've got that girl in your mind. Now, now think, about, think about that girl and think about taking all of your favorite things and just giving it to that girl. And just like, Loving that girl. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> see you later. It's like over Oh Yeah, like over my dead body. But, but do you, I use that as an illustration. Do, do you see how great God's love for us is? God loved us as his enemies. God loves his enemies. God loves us even when we're unlovely. Well, we don't deserve it. It's it's insane. I think it's funny seeing all the, the tweets about like, <laughs> it's like, yo, your girl's got to buy you a PS5. Like, I think it's hilarious. Like, I love all the memes, like me when my girl buys me a PS5. Like, I, I love it, right? I'm all in. So I'm kind of a blessed guy. I've got a great wife, and before she was a great wife, she was a great girlfriend. And so when I was in college, Allison actually bought me an Xbox. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. And so uh, we got this Xbox. I say we, she bought it for me. So like, I'm already like, Thriving, right? Living the dream. And then, so fingers crossed, Allison gets me an Xbox One X. None of that PS5 crap, because I'm not about that. Y'all can keep that. Um, But anyways, what happened is Allison, sophomore year of college, Allison buys me this Xbox. I still lived in the dorms at college. And so like I go back into college I'm just, like, carrying the Xbox, chilling. And, uh, you know, I walk up there. And what I started to recognize is I started having more people talk to me, right? And so, like, these dudes that never talked to me would be like, what's up, Cole? And then next thing I know, they were sitting on my bed. Next thing I know, they were grabbing on my controllers. Next thing I know, they am playing my Xbox. And I'm like, bro, who are you? you just here from my Xbox, right? Which makes me ask the question, why does God love me? Why, why does God love me? Because I know that God doesn't want to play my Xbox, so why does God want to love me and have a relationship with me? I think that sometimes we get really confused when we try and answer that question ourselves. We think that, that God just loves us because he wants to make us good people. Because, well, we're bad and God loves me because then, then one day maybe I'll just be Good. But I think that we're selling God short when we we say, okay, God just wants me to go from bad to good. Um, There's this quote from this guy, his name is Ravi Zacharias. I gotta tell you, this guy is super smart. So if you're a senior in here, if you're a graduate and you're like, yeah, I got a 4.0, you might understand this quote. There's some big words, but stick with me. It says, man is not just unethical, he is lost and dead. The biggest difference between Jesus Christ and ethical moral teachers who have been deified by man is that these moral teachers came to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead people alive. If nothing else made sense, listen to that last part. Jesus came to make dead people alive. It's way more than like bad people to good people. You're selling Jesus short. Jesus came to make you alive. I love that. I love that because that reminds me of baptism, right? Like when I see that, I just like, I, I just think of Romans 6. It, it hypes me up because what Romans 6 tells us is that when we were baptized, when we go under the water baptism, right? So someone's got your nose. You don't like, I baptize people, I want to say all the time, but like when you go to baptize somebody, they never know what to do with their hands. They're like, ah. Uh, uh. Oh, okay. And so, like, but think about that moment. You grab your nose, right? You sound weird. Um, but then you go under the water. What Romans 6 tells us is that when you go under the water, you are uniting yourself with Christ's death. You are burying your old way of life. And just think about it. I'm not a doctor. Far from it. Um, but when you're underwater, you can't breathe. Right? Like, And if you can't breathe, you're dead. So it's kind of this cool picture, right? Like, kind of helps you think through baptism and, like, why you did it or why you maybe should do it. If you want to get baptized, you can talk to me after service. But... But when you are under the water, you are dead. You're uniting yourself with Christ's death. But then, it doesn't stop there. Romans 6 says, but when you come out of the water, you unite yourself with Jesus' resurrection, new life. You're made alive. You see, baptism is this beautiful picture that God makes dead people alive which brings me to just kind of a, a quick side note. It's, it's a bummer to me when I see Christians who are alive act like dead people. When their life looks nothing like you look at a dead person and you're looking at a live Christian and they look exactly the same, it just kind of bums my heart out. I'm like, that, that, you're missing it. In fact, I don't have time, it's another sermon, but Romans six would go on to say, you're uniting yourself, like when you were dead, you were were in bondage, you were enslaved by your sin, you were gonna die, Jesus freed you from that. And so when you're an alive person and you go back to all these dead habits, it's so foolish. Anyways, another sermon, but let's keep going. God made me alive, right? So we have this sentence, um, before Jesus, I was dead, but God made me alive alive. Here's the last part of the sentence. It's it's probably the most important part. Through Christ. Make sure you spell the right through here, right? (laughs) No, it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. But through Christ. um, You see, it's becoming increasingly more popular right so I think that maybe not if you're in junior high but you'll start to hear these ideas when you get through junior high and into high school but as you get more into your junior senior year you start to hear other people's worldviews and what I mean by a worldview is like you've got these people that that say something like well all religions are the same they all point to God so what does it matter if you're a Mormon a Muslim or a Christian what does it matter? Like, right? We're all looking at God in one way or another. We're all going to get to heaven someday. Billy Graham says it this way. He says, every other religion is spelled D-O. Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E. Ephesians 2.8 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. You see the difference here? The only way to be saved, the only way for a dead person to come alive is through faith in Christ. Ephesians 2 is abundantly clear that there is nothing you can do to be saved. In fact, it is 100% the gift of God, so much so that that you can't boast about it, right? You can't be like, look at me, I made God love me. Look at me, I saved myself. Ephesians 2 says you cannot do that. It was God who did that. You are made alive through Christ, not a result of works. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. And here's what that means for you. Because honestly, that takes a huge weight off of my shoulders. And I hope it takes a weight off of your shoulders too. You see, because God saved me through Christ, because there's nothing I can do to work for my salvation, what that means is is I don't have to go to church so God will love me. I don't have to read my Bible so God will love me. I don't have to serve other people so God will love me. No, the, the whole perspective changes. Listen to this. I go to church because God loves me. I read my Bible because I know that my God loves me. I serve other people because my God loves me. You see what changes there? I don't do things so God loves me. I do things because my God loves me. It's incredible. It changes everything. As Christians, we, we work from faith, right? Like we don't work to, to earn our faith, we work from faith, not for faith. There's no need to make God love us because God already loves us. And he proved it when he sent his son, Jesus. So stop thinking that you need to, to do good things in order to make God happy, right? Like if you sinned big this weekend, coming to church isn't gonna fix your sin. The only way to deal with your sin is through Christ. You see, Being a good person isn't going to work because the reality is you can be completely put together on the outside and still be an eternity away from Jesus. So there's your complete sentence. You can read it there on your phone, on your notes. It says, before Jesus, I was dead. I was dead, but God, and I love that, and I hope you do too, but God made me alive through Christ. In closing today, I... I'll give you, I got like 30 more seconds, right? So just stick with me. In closing today, I wanna read Ephesians 2.10 because I think it answers the question of like, So what? You know what I mean? Like I'm alive now, and that's great, Cole. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) Whatever. But you you know now that you're alive in Jesus, and you also know if you don't have Jesus and you're feeling a little bit dead, if you want to to be forgiven and saved, you can do that through Jesus. I hope that that's been clear this morning, right? But but the the question you've got to ask yourself is what's the point of being alive? Like what's the why? Right? I think we see that in Ephesians two ten. It says, "For we." For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let me break that down just a little bit and make it simple. God, the God who created you, has a divine purpose and plan for your life. God is, is the only way that, that if, you, if you are saved through Christ, you are 100% able to be the man or woman that God created you to be. If you're feeling ineffective, the way to be effective is through Jesus. If you're feeling meaningless and want purpose, you get that through Jesus. Being made alive changes everything because it ensures 100% that, that your life will not be a waste. There's no way. Jesus. Why does it matter that that you are made alive? Because you were created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand. God has something that he wants you to accomplish with your time here on earth. And what a blessing it is to be a part of that. Your life doesn't just matter here on earth. Your life has a divine, a godly purpose. That should fire you up, right? Like, you should wake out of bed and be like, yeah, God's got something for me to do today. You know what I mean? Like, that hypes me up. I know that when I wake up that God gave me the breath in my lungs. He made me alive through Christ, and he's got something that I need to do that day. That's big. So let me tell you this, the the world will will try its hardest to offer you a path that promises you a purpose, that promises you a good life, but in the end, that path will lead to death. Because the world tries to sell you, what, what the world says leads to life is sin. And we know that sin leads to one place, one place only, and that is death. But if you want to find life, know this, real life, is found in Jesus. So my prayer for you is you can confidently declare this morning, before Jesus, I was dead, but God made me alive through Christ. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Dulas Youth. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.